from the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy. There he is, Johnny Gilbert, picking up his axe. I imagine him leather-panted, uh, wearing some form of shirtless T-shirt, <laughs> chains, a mullet, <laughs> frosted tips. What do you think, guys? Oh, boy. I think it's too early on a Monday morning yeah, to seriously. picture Johnny like this. I'm yeah. sure there was a version of Johnny in his lifetime that he looked just like that, but I can't wait till he hears this this episode. I was going to say that's always how I pictured him until really? I finally got into Jeopardy! <laughs> all right, yeah. mullet and all. There you go. Okay. Uh, welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Michael Davies, joined today, you've already met them, producer Sarah Foss and Buzzy Cohen. Hello. We got the gang back. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah, we are suddenly uh, better dressed. I am just wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Uh, I am uh, in my home studio today. You guys are uh, on the Sony lot. Uh, Sarah, you look lovely, oh, but thank Buzzy, you. outdressing uh, both of us yet again. Well, you well, know, it's come to be expected. Yeah, I got to. Did you it's... get any new fancy duds in Brazil, Buzzy? Brazil is a very casual country, ah. so uh, <laughs> not a lot to offer for me in that sense. Um, I did break my glasses on the first day that was I was there, and just uh-huh. I did buy a new pair of glasses that wow. I will unveil on the pod one day for you guys. Something to look forward to. Not that your travels aren't top of mind right now but uh some other news came out last week michael yeah we had uh two big announcements out of jeopardy world one was the renewal on the abc stations and a a five-year deal for both jeopardy and our partners in crime over at wheel of fortune (laughs) and that's fantastic news and for many of you who watch on those terrific abc stations from wabc in new york to to KABC in Los Angeles, WPBI in Philadelphia, stations in Raleigh, Durham, all over the country, uh, KGO up in San Francisco. That's great news. And also, uh, as I alluded to in the last Inside <laughs> Jeopardy, the announcement of Jeopardy Masters in primetime, my baby, that's going to come uh, later on this year to primetime. We announced the six invitees to Masters. A lot of conversation around that in social media and, and a lot for us. A lot for us over the next uh, couple of months, few months here on Inside Jeopardy. Lots for us to continue to fill in with lots more details. Absolutely. And of course, you announced that Ken Jennings will be the host. He was quick to tweet, look at this Jeopardy Masters lineup. I'm glad I'm hosting and not playing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, These are going to be hour-long episodes in primetime. We've received great response across social uh, of course, I go straight to the Jeopardy Reddit and read everything uh, and some very valid questions. So I thought we'd kick off the show by addressing some of them here. Yeah. First off, you mentioned hour long episodes, but we will be playing two half hour games within each of those hours. Yeah. So this was the um, the thinking in doing it is, you know, we we've experimented with a few different formats since I've joined Jeopardy. We've played two day total point affairs, uh, <laughs> a particular favorite of a certain Buzzy Cohen. We added to the TOC the the sort of best of seven sports-inspired series, the first of three wins. But we felt that the true test of our Jeopardy Masters would be to repeatedly face each other. And by the wonderful, the beauty of <laughs> mathematics and the beauty of combinatorics, we figured out that you know ABC wanted 10 episodes and they wanted 10 hours. And we figured out that over 10 hours... If we did two half-hour games back-to-back, which would give us 20 games, 20 games would be the perfect combination to have all six of our top players play each other in every combination. 
So it will be a league-based system. Each player will appear in every episode, either in the front half game or the second half game. And everyone will play each other in every combination. And everyone, every single one of those masters will play 10 games. And we're going to have a league table of sorts. This is where my uh, Men in Blazers soccer world (laughs) and my Inside Jeopardy world combine. And just as happens within a league without the, you know, some of the luck-based outcomes of single elimination games that happen in soccer tournaments over a league, over 10 games played per player, I think we will truly unearth who is the Jeopardy master. So is the idea that it's the league is ranking on money one in the game? Is it first, second, third is like a point system? Sorry, I'm asking because I don't know. Buzzy doesn't yeah, know. So he wants to know. I know nothing. Just like I literally else. heard about <laughs> Masters last week. I was in Brazil and I got on a plane because I had so many questions. It's going to be a points-based system. Okay. There will be tiebreakers that will exist to break ties within the ranking that we're going to get to first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And every position in that table is going to matter as we're going to get to. But it's going to be a points-based system. This is really about wins. Right. And it's about winning games. And we want to reward winning. There will be some bonus for finishing second. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really about winning games. Got it. And the great thing is, no matter who you're rooting for, you're going to get to see them compete in every one of these 10 episodes. Unlike some of our tournaments where you're waiting to see, is this their quarterfinal? Is this their semifinal? No, you're going to see them. Every time Masters is on in primetime, your favorites will be competing, which I think is really exciting for our diehard fans of certain players. Yeah, and it's very hard to think of any combination of these three players that isn't going to be fascinating. I immediately started thinking that, you know, Amy versus Matt versus Matea, we played that to great excitement as the exhibition game before TOC. And if you think if that's an episode, then on the back of that, you have... James Holtzauer versus the Holtzauerian Andrew He versus (laughs) Bring It, Sam Buttery. So many great comments, but I think my favorite was a fan wrote, I've never been more excited for any form of television programming than I am for (laughs) Jeopardy! Masters. This is the Nerd Olympics and I am ready with popcorn. (laughs) Yeah, the plan is, you know, we're going to have to, just like any other primetime series, we're going to have to prove ourselves. We're going to have to really bring the entire Jeopardy! community and a lot more. And we're going to have to be successful. You know, this is going to have to be successful. But the plan is to return it every year. This is Jeopardy's a sport. This is our this is our Super Bowl. This has got to go every single year and come back in May. So the plan is that the top three return next year into Jeopardy Masters, which leaves three more spots. And four, five, six go back down into qualifying for Jeopardy Masters. And qualifying for Jeopardy Masters will be a combination of the TOC winner from next year and a new tournament, which we have not scheduled yet, but we are committing to verbally today, which is the JIT, lovingly referred to by Sarah and I as the JIT. And uh, the JIT will be a Jeopardy Invitational tournament where we're going to be inviting back past champions, past great players, players from previous seasons who still have, you know, this is... Sam Kavanaugh's, the the Larissa Kelly's, the, Colby Burnett, yeah, Julia absolutely. Collins goes on and on and on. Who can come back and compete? The winner of which, and perhaps the second place finisher of which, will themselves qualify for Masters. And by the way, four, five, six in Jeopardy Masters, the fourth, fifth, and sixth ranks players will also go back into the gym oh to gosh. go and qualify back. There's a real Premier League 
sense of the relegation promotion situation that what you're we creating. call in soccer buzzy we call it the football pyramid we yes. call it the pyramid and this is a pyramid we're building a jeopardy pyramid where new players come onto the daily show they can qualify you know through second chance or through you know winning multiple games as champion or perhaps something in between second chance and three well, or four wins fodder. We're, we're we're looking into the expansion of the postseason so you qualify through the daily show you then go into the postseason for that season and that will give you a route into masters but there's also going to be will exist the jeopardy invitational tournament that will bring back previous players and put them into masters so overall still the vast bulk of our daily episodes are going to be new players getting a new opportunity on the Alex Trebek stage to prove their worth and get there. But we want to reopen the door to our previous great players to go and get there. And we were so excited to talk about this today on Inside Jeopardy because we heard those comments when Masters was announced, when it was just a field of six, people saying, what about some of these other great players in the history? And we want to see them compete. But the goal now is to prove that you are a current Master. That's what Masters is. It's the top six right then in that given year. Obviously, for this year, we don't have a Jeopardy Invitational Tournament. We don't have all of those factors. So we really looked deep and hard into the stats to see who are the six for this season. The hope is that it comes back next year and year after year, and we can continue to keep proving through various fields and paths who deserves to be in our Masters competition. It's so exciting, Michael. I can't wait to have a front row seat. Yeah, and look, we we really appreciated all the responses. We just want to make clear, this isn't a reaction to the responses. This is what we've been working on um, <laughs> in terms talk of about. the JIT and the overall pyramid. <laughs> we've been working on this for months and months and months. The other thing I mentioned last week, Buzzy, uh, I know you listened because you immediately spoke to me about Only Connect, <laughs> but we also talked about, you know, my dream is to establish a sort of the Jepper rankings, uh, if you will, a sort of a, you know, to assign everybody who plays Jeopardy some kind of coefficient, some kind of yep. uh, number that would indicate how well they play. And I would really love to expand this. You know, I don't even rule out the idea that we could ultimately endorse Jeopardy games that won't take place on the Alex Trebek stage, that could be played in experiential, in live environments. And, right. um, you know, the world of technology is changing the adaptability of you know, we'd have to recreate Michael Harris, the enabler, ah, in some kind of possible? robot form. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm very interested in the idea about people establishing what their score is. I've I've mused. I wonder what your uh, Jepper ranking would be, Buzzy. What your we've pulled uh, his Jepper file. Handicap. You know, now have that he's know? so inside Jeopardy, we've pulled his file. Burned it, hopefully <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but this is all extremely. I'm trying to take it all in because there is a lot. I, I do. Can I can I ask a question? As a, a yes, please. So I, it's a semantic question because the second chance competition was so called because there were two winners. It sounds like Jeopardy Invitational Tournament will also have two people well it's a tournament so it will have a winner but again we're going to find the top six every year so after the first top three who will be guaranteed a spot then we have to fill four or five and six we know it's coming from a toc champion we know it's coming from an invitational tournament champion and then possibly a wild card buzzy gets to pick no well no well the <laughs> Um, it's going to be the winner of the celebrity tournament ends up in Masters just getting obliterated by James Holtower year after year. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, but let me ask you a question. Why would yeah. the winner of our celebrity tournament not play just as the winner of 
you know, JNCC last year, Jaskaran Singh ended up in TOC. Within the year, Celebrity has been a primetime tournament, just as JNCC was a primetime tournament. I actually believe that the winner of Celebrity should be given an invitation into TOC. I don't know that the Celebrity will accept accept that invitation. But then again, I don't. I have a feeling that they may, but I think it would be... You've created a multiverse of madness, basically, is what you're saying. I love the idea of a Jeopardy multiverse. I mean, that means that there are weird other versions of Jeopardy going on simultaneously in the same point in time. Quantum realm is happening Point in space where people have large hands, where there are, you know, the the, the game is reversed somehow. Exactly. There's a version of Jeopardy where all the the players have all the questions and then Ken is trying to figure out what they're playing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that is only connect, right? Yeah. So I uh, have to say, though, in the world of Jeopardy, with our fans, some great reaction from you know some of our our Jeopardy greats, Tyler Road, TOC standout from this year. This is an awesome lineup for Jeopardy Masters. No clear favorites, no clear weak points. Should be an absolute barn burner. Margaret Shelton, we love Margaret. She said, "So excited to watch my friends play each other." And James, who is very nice, but I only met once and can't really call a friend yet. <laughs> I, I will yeah. say as a contestant, I think there's always a feeling that ha- that is now diminishing, which is like, you know, you do all this preparation, you play, even if you play great, every game might be your last on the Alex Trebek stage, especially once you've appeared in a tournament of champions, maybe you hope to get invited back and creating the postseason and creating all the, the invitational kind of keeps as a contestant can keep you in the game a little bit more, uh, not just, you know, as a fan, but as a potential player. And it's pretty exciting. It's an exciting idea that your first time on the Alex Trebek stage or your last time on the Alex Trebek stage is less determined than it used to be. Can I tell you the other thing that I'm thinking about, and Sarah, we've discussed this in uh, with the management team a little bit, is I'm wondering about players who came on the show 10 years ago as 22-year-olds or 23-year-olds on a non-college episode and performed really well, but it was before an era of second chance. It was before they could have, you know, found a way into TOC, who maybe because, uh, frankly, at 22, 23, one of the things that makes Matea so extraordinary is that at such a young age, they're so good at the game, and you just imagine that they're going to get better and better and better with age. You know, our eligibility rules preclude people from coming back to the show and we may want to relook at that for me i just want the best jeopardy players on this program yeah that's what i want we're also looking michael in that same conversation as the eligibility rules state now if you competed in a teen tournament or a college championship you were not eligible to come back on the regular syndicated program and we're we're taking a second look at that as well yeah, uh, you know, as you say that, the people that come to mind are my co-chasers, Victoria Gross and Brandon Blackwell, who were on very young. I mean, Victoria Gross beat Dave Madden, who was wow. a, a record. Who but still holds records. Still holds records. Years and then and she lost later. in the next day, has gone on and is currently, you know, one of the top ranked quizzers in the world. But, you know, was was on the show 20 years ago and did did something amazing, but didn't go on the run. And, you know, there's innumerable people like that. Yeah, well, this quiz world is also interesting because, like, that's going to be the maybe my 2024 uh, <laughs> Jeppolutions are all going to be about the global expansion of Jeopardy. But for now, that's that's pretty amazing. Well, there's lots to discuss, lots to think about. So much exciting news in the past week, but we also had a great week of games. So let's get right into the recap. Factors ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy. 
When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Apps, cue the beep boops. We kicked off the week with Patrick Curran going for a third win against Kelly Moraz and Connor Sears. Patrick got off to an early lead in this game thanks to the strength of a true daily double for $3,200, seemingly looking unstoppable. Yeah, that double Jeopardy round, though, it's interesting because Patrick is still trying to buzz in more, but they have kind of an equal buzzer percentage uh, in terms of getting in. Connor has the consequential uh, clue finds with two big daily doubles, 5600 and 7000 to go into final with a runaway. Yeah, he has the runaway. In the postgame chat, he joked, you know, I'm scared of Patrick. He explained that he was the alternate the day before, so he had watched his runaway performance. He knew he had to play aggressively to even stand a chance, and that is just what he did. All right, moving on to Tuesday with our runaway game champion, Connor Sears, going up against Max Davison and Susan Scraggin. I have to just first bring up that Max shared in his interview his dad had been a contestant back in the 90s, and when it came to Final Jeopardy, his dad had actually written, who is Max? Because he didn't have the correct response when he was asked by Alex. <laughs> he said, yeah, that's a little shout-out to my 9-year-old son, Max. Who knew Max would be back to play Jeopardy several years later on the footsteps of his dad? This was a Another really great game, and especially, you know, really a battle between Connor and Max. Uh, Connor converted that first daily double in the double jeopardy round for 7,400. Max was not able to convert. Um, still in the running, though, not a runaway for Connor. And a triple stumper in final, which we learned uh, Michael Davies does not like learned last week. Doesn't like a triple stumper. Yes, all three players incorrect. One clue I want to point out was in the uh, animal, vegetable, or mineral anagrams, which is just hard to even say, let alone come up with a correct response. Uh, we gave cur mound corundum, and it was indeed corundum. But even Ken, when Connor responded correctly, was like, wow. And then Connor tweeted, he felt pretty good that Ken Jennings gave him a wow on his correct response. <laughs> so we head into Wednesday's game. Connor now going for his third win against Andrew Watley and Yogesh Rout. Yogesh, interestingly enough, competed against James Holtzauer in Scholastic Bowl and math team in high school. And he wasn't afraid to tell us that he had beat James in those competitions. I got to say, when I saw Yogesh's name as a contestant, I, I, my ears perked up. Somebody who I'm very, very gently in the world of quizzing, but <laughs> even somebody who is barely in it like I am knows Yogesh's name. Always on the top of um, lists of top quizzers. Got to be in the top five. Very exciting to see him on the Alex Trebek stage. And uh, I think he showed us uh, <laughs> that he certainly knows his stuff. Yeah, he dominated the Jeopardy round, 13 correct responses, did the same in double Jeopardy, another 15 correct responses there, finishes the round with a score that most people don't get by the end of the game at $30,800. 
But this was a great game all around. It very much resembled a Madame Modio, Jessica Stevens, Jonathan Fisher vibe. Despite that incredible performance from Yogesh, everyone was in this game. Yeah, Andrew Watley's uh, name certainly rings a bell. I think he's been on some other quiz shows. This was a pretty stacked game. If we look at the stats, Yogesh is credited with buzzing in 29 times in the double Jeopardy round. I actually got a DM about this because there are only 28 clues that you can buzz in on because there are two daily doubles. So uh, Christopher Denault, a former contestant on the show, asked, how can you buzz in? Is it when you buzz in on a clue but get beat and buzz in again? Sarah, you want to confirm what's going on here? Sure. Well, yes, if someone rings in and they're incorrect, those buzzers are enabled once again by Michael Harris, our enabler. So that's another buzzer attempt. So you can have more than 30 buzzer attempts within a given round. This is why it's very difficult for us to build a stat around buzzer speed, which is very important because sometimes it's a second buzz that you get in or sometimes a triple stump. So the average, your average buzzer speed doesn't tell us as much as just like looking at the overall readout and seeing a bunch of them, how fast you got in where it is. So it's a, I think I mentioned this in a previous Inside Jeopardy that, that we're still struggling a little bit on how to go and, and give a buzzer speed data point. And I can say as a former competitor, sometimes you lose that first buzz and the other person gives the response that you were going to give. And they kind of save you from nagging or maybe push you towards your, your <laughs> second your second possible <laughs> response. So it gets kind of interesting with those follow-up buzzes. A couple more things I want to point out about this game. There was a tie heading into Double Jeopardy. And I just want to remind everyone that the tiebreaker in that occurrence is the last person who gave a correct response. So Connor mm. was able to select first in Double Jeopardy. People wonder about that because that's a big, big moment, especially in a game like this. You want to select first in Double Jeopardy. You want to find that daily double yeah. because he had responded more recently correctly. Connor was able to select first. I also want to point out Andrew Watley. He has a final score of $20,800. 18 correct responses. Have to think that he's a second chance candidate. Even in his postgame chat, he said, I have my eyes set on second chance, which is something our players didn't even know existed this time last year. And certainly now they're kind of thinking about it with a game like he was able to play. All right, moving on to Thursday, Yogesh going up against Kyle Daly and Christina Mosley. Another impressive J round uh, from Yogesh. I had a lot of fun when he called that the You're My Inspiration Ken. Yeah, and Ken said, <laughs> oh, thank you. A little banter back and forth between them. I think Ken even called him a show-off at one point, and uh, Yogesh said, I only get a few chances, too. So he had that dry humor that was really fun to watch. Yeah, and, and we found out he'd beaten James Holtar, we found out in his first game. Second game, we found out he beat uh, Ken and Brad in the Smarty Pants competition. So he's really throwing out the bona fides here on his <laughs> just his second appearance on the uh, Alex Trebek stage. Yeah, but he's backing up what he's saying because in Double Jeopardy, he gets another 16 correct responses. A $4,000 daily double gives him a strong, but actually not insurmountable lead yeah. heading into final. Uh, loves the $4,000 daily double, which there was. There used to be a little meme every time someone bet $4,000 on a daily double, someone on Twitter would comment as they made the bet. I thought this was a tricky final Jeopardy uh, clue historic art the artwork once known in France as La Tapisserie de Lorraine Mathilde is better known as this Bayou Tapestry uh, Yogesh got there the right way I think with the tapisserie but um, yeah. I certainly was initially going towards famous artwork that might have 
names in different languages, sort of like a Mona Lisa idea. Of course, the other name for Mona Lisa is La Gioconda in Italian. Uh, Being English educated, having grown up in the southeast of England, having visited northern France, northwestern France a lot as a uh, as a child, you know, la tapisserie is a real French A-level piece of vocabulary for tapestry. Not a word you use very often in English either. But the buyer tapestry, I'll never forget my first visit there. I've seen it a few times. I would describe it as the world's first sports highlight uh, that tells the story of England's terrible loss to France at Hastings in 1066. Yeah. But it ends up with, spoiler alert, the English king, Harold, I believe, being being with the arrow in his eye, which was decisive in the tapestry. It's a great highlight. Yeah. That's the moment of the battle. Yeah. So it's just, the, it's so the just Maradona so. hand of God kind of, exactly. of the Bayou Tapestry. I like how you yeah. warned us that you were about to spoil the Battle of Hastings. Thank you for <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. In yeah, case then, you, in case you don't Normans know history or you haven't visited the tapestry, <laughs> I actually got to visit yeah. it with Jimmy in our Clue Crew days. <gasps> and it was just us and our crew. They literally just let us hang yeah. out there, just us, and said, let us know when you're finished. Oh, my so. God. Jimmy was so moved. He's never been the same again. Yeah, it's moving. All, All right. right. Well, we're moving on to Friday's game, closing out the week with Yogesh going for his third win against Brenda Kroll and Michael Cavalier. Another very impressive yes, game by great Yogesh. Game. I would actually say an impressive game by Michael Cavalier. I mean, he's yes. the stand. I mean, Mrs. Mrs. Final, but he is the standout player in this game. Yeah, in the Jeopardy round, Yogesh not in the driver's seat. Michael Cavalier no. getting off to a hot start, 13 correct responses, and a true daily double. He finishes the round with a $6,600 lead over Yogesh, a guy who we thought was unstoppable. All of a yeah. sudden, he's got a challenger. You know, it, it reminds me of the moment in Rocky Four when Rocky finally cuts <laughs> Drago. And, um, you know, we hear, he's not a machine, he's a man, you can cut him. And I, you watching this game, that's my feeling. It's like, okay, Yogesh, you are beatable. I think, I want to say it's Michael's impeccable dressing that maybe put Yogesh a little bit on his heels as somebody who ascribes to the, if you want to win at Jeopardy, uh, dress like a million dollars. Michael's looking And wear really a pocket good. square. He a had pocket a pocket square, square. Yeah. so that must have that's been the key. What, that's what's known in the business as bias. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> bias or not, they went back and forth in the double Jeopardy round. Michael was able to hit both daily doubles and wagered 5000 on both, but he was incorrect on one of them. But Michael was able to get the lead back by the end of the round, so he heads into final with the lead, but unfortunately unable to come up with the correct response. Only Yogesh was correct. And for us, this broke a little three-game curse. We had gone a couple weeks without anyone winning more than two, so that happened. Have to think, though, Michael Cavalier, another second-chance candidate with 25 correct responses in that game against a player like Yogesh, which I think oftentimes says even more about your correct responses. Just based on uh, people who were referred to as potential second chances uh, this year, we may have already reached our limit and we are only in the second week of January. Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited to see how Yogesh does this evening. What we're seeing is a strong quizzer can do well in Jeopardy, but isn't necessarily as dominant as a James who is a great quizzer and a great Jeopardy player. I agree. It's going to be an exciting week. We'll kick it off tonight. But I also want to talk about Celebrity Jeopardy. As you know, it's back in Thursday nights. People are so happy to have it back. And we had a great competition last week with Patton Oswalt going up against Candace Parker and Tori DeVito. And I think Patton Oswalt, he proved that he knows his stuff. Yeah, Patton, a uh, great player. I used to hang out with Patton back in the... Uh... <laughs> 
early 90s when I first moved to Los Angeles and was always like uh, always had a reference that that no one else had you know very very smart guy um, very quick obviously really enjoys the program really enjoys Jeopardy has watched a lot and it was wonderful to see him again actually and wonderful to see him play so well yeah Candace and Tori they had a tough competition going up against Patton they were both in the negative at one point. Candace even joked, it's okay, that Mamba mentality is going to kick in. That was the <laughs> foundation she was playing for. Uh, both of them getting $30,000 for charity just for participating. But this really was Patton's game. Yeah, I, I, you know, coming in, I had Patton in there with uh, Andy Richter as the ones to watch. I think in general, comedians do very well on Jeopardy. And, I, and I've been thinking about why that is. One, as you alluded to, they have to, you know, they're drawing on culture all the time. They're making references. And I also think they are very good at making the kinds of connections that a Jeopardy clue asks you to make, right? If, you're, if you've done improvisational comedy, you're used to kind of thinking on your feet, reacting to what you're seeing, hearing something and being able to say, oh, I'm going to take it to this next place, which is really what our writers are doing. And I think that that's why uh, in Celebrity, not as a rule, but uh, you see these the comedians tend to do very well. Yeah. I mean, there's also, of course, a pyramid of comedians where, you know, there are maybe prop comics who sit <laughs> at the bottom who maybe don't have that level of intelligence with the greatest respect to Carrot Top. Slamming but a watermelon is very, very and much The greatest impact. respect and, um, to Carrot Top. I don't think anyone has had uh, to disclaim their respect for Carrot Top. Respect. And, but at the very top, you have these observational, very intelligent comics of which Patton is one and also a great actor, the voice of Ratatouille, one of my yes. favorite movies of all time. Well, you know, it's funny because I was as I was watching Patton play, I remembered the character he played on Parks and Rec, where he was uh-huh. somebody who was sort of filibustering a a uh, city council meeting. And apparently Patton, and he's going, he's talking about like s- the Star Wars universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Apparently he totally ad-libbed like a 20 minute thing where he was talking about the various characters and how they're going to cross over and the, you know, Luke Skywalker getting the Infinity Stones and all this stuff. And that's the kind of mind that does well on this show. So happy to see him be successful. Excited to see him in the semifinals. Yeah, it was so great. At the end of the show, his daughter was actually in the audience. Yeah, She came up. They took pictures together behind the podium. And just that genuine father-daughter moment, I think, was a better victory for him than even the win to have his daughter have seen him do so well on a show that they had watched together. And she was so excited because she knew the final Jeopardy response. She said, Dad, I know it. Just as a reminder, the category was corporate mascots. Born on an island in a sea of milk, this pitchman was jokingly disavowed by the U.S. Navy by saying he is not in personnel records. The response, of course, Captain Crunch. So (laughs) she knew that one. Want to remind everyone that Candace Parker did go home with $30,000 for her charity Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation. And Tori DeVito earns $30,000 for her charity Planned Parenthood. So now we know it. Pat Oswalt's in the semis. Michael Sarah's in the semis. We're going to tune in this Thursday to find out the final competitor who will be joining them and just one step closer to the million-dollar finals. All right, moving on, let's do some viewer questions. Yes, love the viewer questions. Trout MV on Reddit asks, if someone were to appear in a tournament, say the college championships or professors, before playing the regular format, 
are they still eligible to apply for the regular format? What an interestingly timed question. We kind of, you know, dabbled into this a bit. The eligibility currently states that if you compete in a tournament format, you are not eligible for the regular show other than regular show tournaments that may have been a result of your earlier tournament. But Michael Davies, you said it here first, you know, anything, anything can happen in the future of Jeopardy. We're certainly going to take a second look at our eligibility rules and, and different ways to have perhaps previous great performers play again. Yeah. And look, and I understand the reason why these eligibility restrictions apply on game shows and quiz shows. And this goes all the way back to the quiz show scandals of the 1950s and and various forms we have to sign. And we have, you know, government regulation around what we do. But, you know, on Jeopardy, you know, the, the, the move we're making is we want the best players playing this game. You know, I know there's this great concern about the appearance of impropriety, about people uh, coming back. There is no impropriety on Jeopardy. We just want the best players playing this game appearing on this stage. Okay, Emma asks, I am a huge Jeopardy fan and I watch with my mom every day. We noticed at the beginning of the episodes during the opening credits, different clips from past contestants and shows are flashed on the screen in little boxes with some excellent (laughs) sound design, I may add. That was just me adding that. Uh, We wanted to know how you chose which ones get put there, who chooses which clips to put in. We always scream out the past contestants' names as they go by. Well, I am, I'm at the forefront of this discussion <laughs> and this process. Uh, it takes many, many uh, hours of research, more for the more generic clips and images that we show, obviously trying to represent the wide field of the various subjects we cover on Jeopardy! in the open. When it comes to the contestants, again, similarly to Masters, these are some of the Jeopardy! greats. I think in our current season, we have James, we have Ken, we have Amy, Matt, Matea, you know, these folks who have proven over the years or certainly through their consecutive games won that they are the top players and certainly the ones we would feature in an annual open. So that's how we look at it. Carlos Martinez, associate producer Carlos Martinez, does a lot of hours with me. If you guys could see the the way we cut out, there's there's 19 boxes in each open. We've got like cut out images. We move them around. It might not be as high tech as you think, but a lot <laughs> goes into it. And uh, it's certainly a big project that we work on in the off season. And then with each upcoming tournament that comes as well. Well, that wraps up today's show. We'll be back next week for more gameplay discussion as Yogesh goes for his fourth win. And we will be recapping the last quarterfinal game of Celebrity Jeopardy with, I can't wait for this one, Brendan Hunt, BJ Novak, and Carrie Champion. Ah, wonderful. As always, please make sure to subscribe, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TikTok. Keep your questions coming. Keep your comments coming and whether they come to Inside Jeopardy or you're just making them on Reddit or Twitter (laughs) or Instagram or TikTok or anywhere else. We read everything. We love your feedback. We love your engagement. Thank you so much for caring so much about this wonderful program. Uh, We'll see you all and hear you all and talk to you all next week. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye.